Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. As we prepare for the bewitching month, welcome to Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. George Willeman, the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress and then some. George, welcome. <laughs> hey, that's good. J. Todd Anderson, you are uh, the storyboard artist for the Coen Brothers, and through that work, parlayed that into not just uh, working on some of the finest movies made these days, but movie making yourself. J. Todd Anderson, welcome. Thank you very much. Oh. I was struck by lightning on the way in, so I have to get my learning straightened up for the show. Very good imitation of what we were operating <laughs> under there. I'm telling you, now more than ever, call with your pledge of support. Hey, um, in celebration of the bewitching month, uh, we've picked all uh, scary, scary movies. Scary tell movies. Tell us about this, this selection. Right. We're, we're going to call this Frightfully Perfect. And... Um, well, before we start on the actual film, we want to uh, once again reiterate our three rules of perfection. American Werewolf in London is perfect because... First, it creates the world that it exists in. Yes, and it wholly sustains that world. And regardless of changes in society, it retains its meaning and entertainment value. It's still spooky scary. <laughs> and it's also quite funny. It is quite funny. You know, yeah, um, I, I saw it when I was in high school, and I was just blown away on several levels. I don't know if anybody that's whether being disemboweled by a wolf could <laughs> stop laughing at this picture because it's just... It's really an amazing juxtaposition of, of humor and horror. It's just fascinating. Yeah, and the film comes out uh, in the early 80s uh, from John Landis, who had, um, had first become really notable with, with National Lampoon's Animal House. And uh, I think that film kind of gave him the, the carte blanche to do what he wanted because he had wrote the script back in 69 and had shopped it around quite a bit and, and said that, that the, the script had gotten him lots of jobs but never this job of actually directing this film because all the people who looked at it said, well, it's great, but it's, it's too scary to be funny or it's too funny to be <laughs> too scary. scary. And they couldn't see that he could make both work in the same film. And, I, you know, when this movie starts, it's... It's absolutely mysterious. It's just, it takes you by total surprise because there's nothing spooky about the beginning. They don't tell you it's spooky. It's the moors, and it's just this foggy moors, and they're, they're hiking. These two guys are innocently hiking on a back, uh, on, on a trip in Europe. Aren't they in, is it, I'm sorry, is it Scotland or Ireland where this, uh, they, do, they don't, they really don't ever say, really say, they do they? They don't say where it is. Yeah. And they, you know, and it's just so weird because they're all by themselves and they're having a great time. And then this movie does this magic thing of establishing itself perfectly right out of the box. Because these boys are marked. Because the first thing you see is... Well, when you first see them, they are riding in the back of a truck full of sheep. Yes. And for those of you who are into symbolism in your films... Lambs to slaughter. The lambs, and that's exactly where they're and they, going. And they go to a very, very unfriendly um, uh, pub. little pub, and it's called the Slaughtered Lamb. Uh, although the picture on the pub sign is not a lamb, but a wolf's head uh, speared by a, a, a blade. And the only thing that, that breaks the unfriendliness in this place is, is, of course, the Alamo and John Wayne. They're talking about that movie. <laughs> and then, then they ask them about the pentagram that's on the wall, and they kick them out. They 
throw them into the moors in the darkness, and it starts raining. <laughs> right, and then, of course, the ubiquitous uh, wolf howl, and, and the next thing you know, um, David Naughton's friend Jack is laying on the ground, torn into many pieces. Yeah, and the way they do that, it's just like when you're, when I was a kid and I had a paper out, there was always somebody behind me at 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. if you watch the scary movie, Bigfoot was there, right. you know, and this is when these guys, they're looking, they're running and they disarm you with humor and he falls down and everything seems okay until he's attacked. And it's <laughs> absolutely done with utter perfection all the way up to the scene. And then an amazing thing happens after that. Right, George? Oh, yeah. It gets better. And, and the one thing that's very disarming about this movie is, is so often when we think of horror films, the, the next popular horror film tries to do something new and exciting and different. And this film succeeds by being very basic. I mean, it's a very basic horror film story. There, there's, there's nothing really groundbreaking or different or odd about it. It's, just, it's a very basic werewolf story. I have to say that when I went, uh, I didn't expect it to be scary at all. When I first, I thought it was kind of going to be a cheese ball thing because you sort of have, oh, like that teen slasher, you know, horror movie. Oh, and look, there's two young men. Great. I just, I just did not expect what was delivered. I was so fantastically surprised by the, how fully I was sucked in. Well, this movie, when it came out, it just stood horror movies on its on its ear because of all the the weird effects that they used in this movie and the the graphic latex effects and all very groundbreaking yeah and this is you know before aids came to prominence in our society and there's a good chance this movie wouldn't have gotten made because Uh, of all the gore yeah because it is it's gory but it's very very in short doses you know and and for instance the transformation scene i remember how everybody was incredibly excited about how different this was and the sounds the uh the uh the sounds of the transformation i remember it to this day uh we can uh actually we might just uh fade up a little here on these just just picture the guy's face elongating oh the hand and 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 it was making all those great noises and it's all just a sweet little sam cook a little sam cook and and one of of my uh, absolute favorite parts of the transformation scene as he is writhing in pain and and all these horrible things are happening to his body, is that Landis cuts away to this little plastic Mickey Mouse statue uh, sitting on a sideboard watching with a big smile on his face. And, and Griffin Dunn always looks progressively worse, you know, because our boy is in limbo until he kills himself. And he try, he goes into a phone booth, he tries to kill himself with it, like a kitchen knife or something. Yeah, pocket knife. Yeah, and he can't do it. He's calling his mom and dad, and, and of course they're not home, so he tells the little girl and she screws it up, you know. <laughs> What does she, she say? I forget. <laughs> he wants to know why she's by herself and not with her brother, you know, and it's really, really an, an amazing thing. Aww. And then he, they have this incredible dream sequence where he's getting immersed into his infliction of being a werewolf, and he's running in the woods, and he's, he's eating raw animals, and then he slowly, progressively falls into this werewolf state of mind, which is really abstract, and there's this amazing scene where they answer the doorbell at home, they're watching the Muppets. Right, the Muppets. it's his family. It's so his family. always, so you get the Sam Cooke, the beautiful, soothing thing as this transformation. And these the like Nazi-like the... characters come in and attack everybody, and he wakes up, and again, he gets attacked again. It's just, this, it never stops. It never, ever stops. So we're dead on on creating the world, sustaining it, and uh, how, how do you reckon that it qualifies on uh, rule number three? 
Well, I think um, it's still extremely entertaining. I mean, uh, from what I've seen, you know, although the the effects, which in '82 are so groundbreaking, are now you know slightly more plasticky looking. You know, they've they've gone so much farther with with digital technology. Um, that doesn't detract from this film. If anything, it adds to it because it's so amazing to realize what they were able to do without the use of computers in 1982 and how, how visceral it still is. Yeah, think about that. That would have all been done completely differently today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, I don't know if anybody can sit here and still watch this movie today and not be entertained by it. It's just, it just grabs you and never lets go. And the ending, which is absolutely... Uh, it has one of the most pure endings of, of any horror film uh, from then or now. Uh, the beauty of it being that you know, he's a werewolf. His only escape is, is death. Um, they corner him in an alley, and, and they gun him down, and you see the shot of him lying there. He's transformed back to a human, and then the screen goes black, and that's it. There's no, there's no final uh, pithy saying by, by the doctor or, or there, anything. There is a really beautiful piece there where his girlfriend, who still loves him, you know, she walks in there. They've got guns and everything. It's typical John Landis, Blues Brothers stuff. Cars <laughs> crashing everywhere. It's really cool. And uh, she walks up there, and nobody else will get close to this wolf. But she walks up there, and then for a fraction of a second, you see the close-up of the werewolf. And she says, David, I love you. And his, his eyes dilate for just a second. Aww, and then that... he weeps, yeah. and bam, 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 bam. And it ends. The movie ends. <laughs> It's really cool. And they play this song that we're hearing right now. And, and one other little cinematic thing I want to throw in here. This is a John Landis thing. Um, when he is out after his first night, he goes to a movie theater where he runs into his friend Jack for the last time. And it's a theater running a, a, an X-rated film. And the title of the film is See You Next Wednesday. Now, for those who know John Landis, um, this phrase, See You Next Wednesday, appears in almost every one of his films. So if you start looking around, look in, in Blues Brothers, and even in, in the uh, Michael Jackson thriller that he directed, you will see or, or hear the words, See You Next Wednesday, somewhere in every one of his films. Now, he may not still do that, I don't know, but I know that for a long time that was his little uh, calling card. And for nice me, cool for me I think this is John Landis's best effort. I really do. I mean, Blues Brothers is great, and there's other things he did. He did didn't he do Stripes as well? No, that was Ivan Reitman. Oh, all right. All right. So Landis was, I think when Landis did the film, he was on his way to being a really big, big, big name in Hollywood. But then uh, the Twilight Zone movie came along, and there was that horrible accident uh... where Vic Morrow and the two uh, children were killed. And I think that has, has dogged him ever since. We're going to talk about creepy Halloween type things. Also, we have to point out just fantastic use of music, not just uh, by the soundtrack artist, but this also... This is like when that was first starting to come in where people were using great music supervision. Um, and movies were starting to be built around music supervision. Now, not, that's not to say that Mr. Bernstein's score is inferior, but it was all... This is one of these movies in our perfect film list is, that is powered by music. There's I mean, a little bit of the, the, the film um, score, which is actually quite... It's very, it's very, it's typically lyrical Bernstein music from yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. But then, then, then it's a uh, crash through by something like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how perfect! Bad Moon Rising. And the, the the popular songs that he puts in there are almost like a wink at the audience. Is like, you know, here we go. You know, we're doing a werewolf movie here, so here's a song for you. Yeah, he'll just he disarms you with humor, and then he he beats you up with horror. You know. And I, this movie is, is, as George said, very, it's, it's the same old werewolf story, but there's so much that's different about it. Look at the wolf. 
Yeah. The Wolf doesn't look like any other movie Wolf. There's a whole bunch of Wolf movies that came out after that Wolfen and but none of them stand up to this picture. Yeah, this was really the progenitor of sort of the quirky werewolf movie with uh, coming out, you know, Wolfen and the Howling and even Teen Wolf afterwards. And they, they make constant references to the Lon Chaney Universal picture, like he's pleading with this girl. I think I'm I'm in in one of these movies, which he is, of course. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he can't get out of this movie, pal. You're in it, and we're gonna and we can relate to this guy because he's in England and he's an American, you know. We're talking with J. Todd Anderson and George Willeman, the film guys from Filmically Perfect. And uh, on this, the the witching month, we have a, a, a line of very scary movies coming up throughout the Fridays in October this time around. And uh, Filmically Perfect, it's a, it's, a, it's a concept, the notion of uh, something that is whole. There is whole, there is not a chink, and it was a These movies are whole. never numerically rated. They're all perfect. And that's speak Never. about that for a moment. It's interesting to know this is not the top 100. You don't rate you don't rate a Rembrandt, you know, higher than a Magritte. Oh, I do. Just well, you don't you're rate. Sassy. Um, <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, we will not put numbers on this saying yeah. that one is greater than the other because that's an advertising ploy to make more money for. You know, because they've made enough money on these movies. Now we have to declare them art. Right. So. These are like these films in competition with themselves. Did they carry their weight? Did they sustain? And I agree that uh, we can in guarantee American you. Werewolf in London. We can you guarantee if you're going to watch this movie, you're going to be entertained. All our movies on the perfect movie list that we do on WYSO, which is one of the oldest most incredible stations in it the is. United States. Everywhere, I'm, whenever I'm working on a movie, I stream this station. Uh, so you should... You know, throw some money this way because this station deserves it, and you got to have us because these stations are going away. And uh, they WYSO are. is one of the last, and they are pure. In fact, they're on our pure, uh, perfect radio <laughs> list. Radio That's right. Yes, yes, yes. If you would like Very to call now, we would be way. much obliged. One eight hundred eight zero one nine nine seven six. That is toll free. Eight hundred eight zero one WYSO. And hey, go uh, to our website and check out all these movies that we've done on WYSO. Um, right. The address is www perfect movie that's singular perfect movie.net net and you can download uh, all these shows we've done with uh, marvelous D- nikki dakota and uh, i think you'll you'll really enjoy them because they're coming from wyso that's right it's a pleasure for us to uh to host filmically perfect here uh, produced right here in these studios and i'm telling you what we're going to the stars boys going <laughs> to the stars people we're getting interest in this notion from across the globe i think and it's i'm telling you say. and next week we're going to Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yes, special for Friday the 13th. Oh, man, what fun is that going to be? That's right. Friday the 13th, a spooky movie right in the middle of our fun drive with the film guys. We're asking you to consider the meaning of unique and local and uh, produced right here in your backyard radio and take a moment and reflect that back in support. 1-800-801-9976. That's toll free, 800-801-WYSO. J. Todd, you have brought here, uh, I think we have three total storyboards from the Big Lebowski. From the Big Lebowski, the genuine articles that um, uh, that we drew for the movie, and you'll probably recognize uh, a scene from the movie if you get these. You yeah. Know. Now every Friday we offer these out. We give them out as uh, as uh, just prizes for listening. We'll say you know maybe ask a trivia question or pick a caller number. We're asking for your pledge of 120 bucks. That's 10 bucks a month. Put it on your credit card. You'll hardly notice it gone. You can get a signed copy of the storyboard artwork that J. Todd Anderson did 
for the Coen Brothers in the making of The Big Lebowski. We only have three of these, so uh, take a second and make that phone call, 1-800-801-9976, 800-801-9976. Call now with your pledge of support. Make your claim, 10 bucks a month. We'll send you a signed copy of a piece of movie history, truly movie history, and you'll be doing a good thing for this public radio station. Filmically Perfect. On 91.3 WYSO, call now, 800-801-9976. Friday the 13th, gentlemen, is going to be a good one. So stay close. Don't go walking in the moors. That's right. And, 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 yeah, and stay out of cemeteries also. <laughs> That's they're funny. coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, more about that next week. <laughs> hey, by the way, is there any connection whatsoever from uh, Werewolves of London and American Werewolf in London? Did the movie take its title from the Warren Zevon song, or was it... How did this happen? Um, well, I think... Why the, London? <laughs> well, the title actually... I'm not sure why he wanted London, but... but he makes a reference in the in the movie to Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, so I think it's more of the, oh, okay. the Samuel right. Clemens story. Uh, but okay, I do believe good. the the Zevon song was first. Hey, we got two phone calls. We got two takers. There's only one more left. One more storyboard. Uh, storyboard for your pledge of one hundred. Big Lebowski storyboard, dude. I'm telling you what, phone's ringing, dude. <gasps> oh, man, the dude abides. Phone's ringing, dude. Hey, dude. Phone's <laughs> ringing, dude. 1-800-801-9976. Be the third caller, the third taker on uh, this generous uh, generous science storyboard from J. Todd Anderson. Gentlemen, thank you. Nikki Dakota, I cannot tell you what a pleasure it is to come in here and do this show with you. Well, what a treat. I can. It's a great pleasure. Thank you, George. Thank you, Mike. Well, George if he's going to say that, I'm going to say, yes, it's a it's a great pleasure, Nikki. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's better than oh, no, that. No, no, seriously. This is no, a magnificent pleasure. No, I can do pleasure. better than that. <laughs> well, I feel the same way. Listen. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect. Coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.